Call the order of the Peace Chamber Town Council regular meeting for Monday, July 8th, 2019. The record shows that we started at 5 o'clock. That uh, uh, takes us to the adoption of the agenda. Are there any additions, Mr. Parker? As there are, Your Worship, there's four additions. Uh, 10.2, under 10.2, the letter dated uh, from Alberta Transportation, uh, July 2nd. Under 10.3, a letter um, from July 5th from Woodland Creek. And under 8.6, a request for decision, invitation to RCMP people graduation. And under um, uh, presentations, we have one residence presentation over, uh, concerning the NERC program. Okay. The neighborhood renewal program. That is correct, Your Worship. Okay, do I have a motion to accept the agenda as amended? Mr. Good, all in favor? Okay. Uh, Councillors should have in their package the minutes of the June 24th, 2019 regular council meeting. Are there any uh, additions, deletions, corrections, clarifications, etc. required there? I'll move the um, approval of the minutes of the June 24th, 2019 regular council meeting. All in favor? Are there any public hearings, Mr. Parker? Uh, there are none, Your Worship. Okay, that takes us to presentations, light pictures regarding the neighborhood renewal program. Um, I take it we have a member in the audience in the gallery that will speak to that. You can come forward to the speaker's table. <coughs> For the record, you can uh, speak into the microphone, turn it on, and uh, just state your name. My name is Stephanie Tappet. Um, do you have a copy of the letter that we sent this afternoon? Yeah, we do. Um, so thanks very much for uh, allowing me to speak at such short notice. Um, our neighborhood is the, or our portion of the neighborhood is the end of 103rd Street, so from the area that we know as the, uh, the turnaround down the hill to the end that ends at um, Warren Phillips Mathlin. Um, so we, it came to our attention that there, uh, that the neighborhood renewal project's not quite done, that there's still light fixtures to be changed in the neighborhood, and the first proposal was to uh, I think to increase the number of light fixtures, but keep them on the east side of the street. And then about a month ago, we had a surveyor out who um, said that actually the new proposal was to put it on the east side of the street. And so um, myself and a number of our neighbors, I have um, five signatures with me, but there's at least four other folks who would like to sign. They just wanted to call me this afternoon if need to do so. Um, they would like to um, suggest that maybe an amendment be made. So um, as I stated in the letter, um, we would like the light fixtures to remain on the east side and preferably to remain the number of fixtures. Um, I understand that there is what's called a tax standard, which I don't know a lot about, but I was informed that it um, is not currently met on our street. Um, and that's the reason for the increased number of light posts. Um, and so we would like to suggest that they are not that's, that's not increased. And our rationale for this is that 
um, our street has, our end of the street has uh, 12 residences, 12 uh, homes, and that the, the illumination that's there right now is really sufficient. Um, I understand that the new lights are to be LED lights, which I've gone and looked at. Uh, there's some in the, in the north end, and they provide quite a lot more light, um, but they're supposed to be directional. Um, so that by itself will already increase the amount of lumens there on the street, um, which we frankly don't need, but if there is more uh, needed. So another light post seems excessive to us. Um, and the reason for this is that it's a quiet street, it's a dead-end street, there's very little traffic already. Um, so adding fixtures seems to be an unnecessary expense. Um, do you want me to go over any more of what's in my letter or, or any more detail about that? It might be redundant by... Does anybody want more? Well, uh, at, at the end of the day, we'll, um, we'll, we'll need to defer the stanchion here and, and probably our recommendation will be that engineering put on another uh, consultation meeting and have like for the surveyor to come out and tell you, well, this is what I'm doing. That's a little different than ATCO telling you what, what, why they're making that particular change. So, so ATCO, I did speak to somebody at ATCO and they did confirm that um, their engineering department had suggested um, switching the lights from the current east side over to the west right. side um, because there was already a lot of utilities on the east. However, the lights are currently on the east, and so that would also entail moving the transformer and everything to the west, um, which does come at a significant expense. Um, the deeper rationale for that is, I don't know, right. somebody else would have to find that. And we don't either. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other piece that I think our neighbors have also um, requested, it's on the second page, is just simply a, a dead end street sign. Um, just like there is on one first, which is one street over, and <coughs> a number of other streets throughout town that um, that are dead ends. It just helps traffic understand that there is a turnaround at the top of the hill. There's not at the bottom. Um, and my kids play basketball on the street, and going somebody turning around has to go into both uh, driveways at the bottom in order to turn around. Right. I was a young person. Dead end streets were great because then you could go down to the end of the street. And Hang out with your girlfriend, but um, <laughs> well, we're not at that stage yet, but I'm sure it'll happen eventually. <laughs> I think the other thing I just really want to um, make mention of is is that um, my family specifically, but I think most of our neighbors really chose that neighborhood because it's quiet and calm and dark. Frankly, it's you know our street is illuminated, but having access to dark is a precious commodity in our town, and so being able to Kind of have the light not be so glaring is a really important part of our sense of community and calm and so i'd like you to consider that as well well if it saves us money we'll definitely consider it <laughs> well i i hope it would i would imagine it would um is there anything else you, you had a number other so just keeping it on that side because uh you're worried about light uh, getting into the bedrooms on the on the other side which is particularly an issue because of the slope so our house plus the other okay. two beside us we're below quite a bit below grade so our street level is our second floor is actually at street level or a little bit below so particularly these new types of lights the led directional um, 
if it's put on the side, our side of the street doesn't have a sidewalk. Um, where the light post is, the last two proposed ones are quite close to our homes, um, just because of the nature of where they have to go, I guess. Um, so that light will really just pour in to our homes. I think that the issue of uh, sleep disruption and is, is a significant one. Um, and another item here, ongoing construction and disruption of lawns and gardens. Yeah, like, honestly, we really just would, you know, the less disruption, the better. So if it can stay where they currently are, which I would imagine would save money, I'm not, I don't know the costs associated with the uh, installation of LED on the current lines, but um, I guess is that that would be less expensive, but certainly well, less disruption. I see what you're saying. You're saying, okay, if we stay where we are, yeah. and we don't have to dig holes on the other side. Yes, yet again, when all of our, I mean, we've all just worked so hard to kind of put our lawns and shrubs and everything back together, and it's been a significant cost to the town as well as all of us personally. Okay, and the dead end street sign. I think that pretty well covers it, so I will uh, uh, open it up for questions from council, and then uh, maybe I'll, uh, I'll ask, uh, Mr. McQuaid, to, uh, I think our recommendation to you, Mr. McQuaid, was to have another consultation session where ECO can speak to their rationale. Uh, they may have very good reasons other than, they may have very good reasons for moving it to the other side that we're not aware of. Uh, but on the dead end street sign, what's that gonna cost us, 150 bucks? But we can put that one up. But uh, yeah, okay. Um, so, council questions? I, I'm just, uh, hi, I'm, my name's Colin. Uh, I'm just curious, uh, I'm looking, I'm somewhat familiar with the street. It's quite common to have mailboxes that are a lit area. Uh, the new plan would suggest that that area would be lit. And I look at the old plan, and if I'm reading this right or looking at it right, that light is on my soul. You've got 12 people and they don't complain about, like it's, you, you have an odd request. Usually people come before council, they want stuff, you're, you're going the other way. <laughs> so so it, is, is lighting from your perspective an issue around those, those, those mailboxes? Uh, because not, don't ask us to move the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from, from my personal perspective. Um, okay, and, and, and the other 11 residents in your mind support what? What you're proposing here? Uh, I didn't ask them about the lighting at the mailboxes. This isn't concerning okay. that particularly. Yeah. That's why we need the consultation session so that everybody's input. All right, no, I, I, I think we've covered it. I just, uh, sure. thanks. So just confirm that the sidewalk is on the east side all the way up the hill and down at the bottom, well, the end. Correct. It's okay. up one side of one third up to the top of the hill and then continues on. It was just extended last um, last summer when they did the renovation or when they repaved the there didn't used to be a sidewalk actually uh, to the end of one third on the east side, but they put it to the end now. Your worship, uh, and you know, and we can kind of recapture some of this in a consultation. 
So we can definitely sit down with the residents and kind of go over the, the reasons for why we did what we did. And moving to the other side of the street was very much uh, because we had a number of utilities on the other side of the street and it was posing a problem for when any utility had to go back in there and service uh, their lines. Uh, we had other utilities hitting them and, and causing uh, a significant number of problems and creating outages for the residents down there. So we were trying to reallocate some of the utilities to one side versus the other side uh, for that. As uh, part of uh, redoing the lighting, as soon as we touch anything like that, we have to bring it up to the current code and standard. So uh, our direction back to ACO was to make sure that, you know, in doing that, they brought up to the transportation uh, standard of the day, which is the tax standard. Uh, it's TAC or RTAC, but basically it's based on uh, EIES, uh, which is the Illuminating Engineering Society of North America design standards for street lighting. So that, that's the current code and standard in place. So uh, that was what they designed to. Now, one of the things I was very specific about was, because I'm very aware of, you know, light trespass back into residence. And my direction to ADCO was, you know, when we settle on a fixture, that is a very sharp cutoff fixture, which means that on the back end of that light, you've got very little light actually coming down off of that, and most of the light throw is onto the roadway surface where we want it. So that way it would minimize the amount of light that's actually going back into the residence. And that was also part and parcel of uh, us moving to a dark skies concept. Because one of the other things I'm very aware of is just how much light pollution we throw up into the sky. You know, we're trying to get the best use of that light and down onto the roadway surface where you know we actually want it. Uh, one of the things that kind of dictates uh, how far apart those light fixtures are and the quantity of light fixtures and the amount of light is basically uh, the way they deem it now is what they call smart small target visibility. And basically, it's like if you have a small child that's in the street, how much time or how much light does it take to be on that child for a car approaching them going at the rate the post rating, how long it takes them to stop? And and there, you know, that's one of the things we look at. And because uh, if we don't, you know, there could be some incurred liability on us as a town for not providing adequate illumination on the street. You know if an accident ever happened, right? And uh, so we have to look at that as well. And that kind of dictates how many light fixtures that we have to put in place on there. So, so those are the, the kind of things I can offer up at the moment as to explanations of why we designed what we did, what we did. Uh, and I'm more than happy to sit down with the, the residents uh, on your block and have a conversation around that. Probably should get an echo there too. Yeah, I think that would be helpful to answer some of the questions. Um, because I think when I, when I called town, we didn't get that information. So. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Echo, we didn't tell you that either, did we? Uh, <coughs> not specifically
and we'll go from there. That's great. Perhaps then at that time we can talk about possibilities too, if it has to be a certain way that there may be ways of deviating the, um, right. the excessive light. Although I don't want to be uh, hung up in court because some kid got hit. <laughs> well, certainly that, no, that's not that. But um, thank you. Thank you very much. And I don't want to point, it was all her fault. <laughs> 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 okay, great. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I think we've all got copies of it. We're good? So that takes us to bylaws. So uh, bylaws chapter <coughs> 54, fees and charges bylaws. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Before you is a draft bylaw, bylaw 2054, which is the fees and charges bylaw. The only change that staff are proposing within this bylaw is an amendment to remove our existing filing fees relating to subdivision development appeal board activities. Uh, those fees have been incorporated in our new bylaw 2053. So we would like to strip them from our existing fees and charges bylaw 2043 um, and introduce this new bylaw. So staff's recommendation is that council pass for a second and third reading of the fees and charges bylaw 2054, which will remove any STAB references and charges from our existing fees and charges bylaw. All in favor? Second reading. All in favor? All in favor? All in favor? It's very persuasive. That was an easy one. No one finished business, Mr. Parker? Here, here is none, your worship. And it takes us to new business, request for direction, summer scheduling. Very much, Ms. Worship. <clears throat> Actually, we should probably leave that one until uh, the last one, which is emergency management bylaw. I don't know what you want there, but maybe that won't fit into the summer schedule. So let's do emergency uh, management bylaw. Uh, absolutely, and I'll speak to this one, but other staff are welcome to, to pipe in if they, they see fit. Um, so there's a request for direction in front of council regarding changes that we will be required to make as our um, existing emergency management bylaw will be obsolete or will not meet legislative requirements that are coming into force on January 1st of 2020. So at this point we're seeking direction on what structure council would like to take vis-a-vis um, -vis supporting the bylaw on the advisory committee and, and agency. Um, and then we'll take that direction and come back with the, the structure that council wants to see. Um, and that'll be incorporated within bylaw form. So the um, LEMR, the 
local authority emergency management regulation uh, places a number of requirements on local authorities with respect to emergency planning. Um, and some of these are already in place, but there are a few changes. The first is the appointment by bylaw of an emergency advisory committee. Um, and this would set up some minimum criteria for the committee, such as the purpose of the committee, uh, procedures that would be followed when declaring state of local emergency, committee membership, those types of items. The bylaw would also establish the emergency management agency. Um, and this would set out the responsibilities of the agency, the person that would act as the dam or the director of emergency management. Um, and agency responsibilities and whatnot. And those are generally our two direction areas that we're looking for. Um, the new bylaw would also identify training requirements, um, review criteria that must be followed. Um, and then the committee would discuss our general parameters or how we will um, respond to incidents or emergencies. Um, so, for example, if the committee chooses to enact an ICS model, um, staff would, would act on that and, and be able to fulfill those duties as per the will of the committee. Um, the existing bylaws also here, again, this is just for reference, um, we don't have proposed or potential um, what a new draft bylaw could look like, again, that will depend on, on some of the direction. Um, but the other thing that is also included here are sample emergency advisory committees and agencies um, that we pulled. And again, um, they're all a little bit different, but it'll give council a, a sense of what some of the options are when um, what they would like to see. So when we return the bylaw, they'll be comfortable with it. Is that it? That's it. So I don't know if you noticed that every uh, every um, P and G meeting we try and have an emergency, <laughs> try and talk about emergency stuff. So um, there's no point in striking a separate committee. Uh, the council can be part of that committee, and we just we execute it on um, P and G Mondays. And that's an option. Council can be. The committee of that is the direction. We don't need another committee. Uh, I don't need to pay these guys more. <laughs> I don't want to break the budget. Your Worship, uh, for, I, in the beginning of the bylaw 1837, the current one, I mean, I don't get the sense that the committee is just made up of council. I think the committee is made up of there's a, there's a larger community group that's attached to this committee. Am I am I reading this wrong? You're probably looking at the agency structure. Mm -hmm. So there's the committee, and I'll let Chief Harris come up and he's a little more familiar with with this than I am. Yeah, there's actually there's the committee and then there's the agency. Okay. Yeah, so the committee is usually made up of uh, the mayor and one or two members of council. Um, there's a requirement under the Act to have that committee, so you do have to establish that committee by bylaw. Um, we can't just say we won't have that committee. If, if 
Okay. So, so uh, what are we saying? Are we saying all council would like to be part of the committee? And but it sounds like you are. Well, I guess if you can leave early, well, we put in the last item on the agenda if you want. But generally, I find that everybody wants to be on that committee. So now you get to be part of that committee. We'll make make it inclusive and transparent. And I, one of the roles of that committee is the, the link between council as a whole and um, the motion management agency. We're, we're cutting out middle management. So. <laughs> well, we, we, don't, we don't need another, another because then, you, then you're just scheduling another group and uh, um, it'll make it more functional to cut out that group if you feel that you need to bring other people in. Like if we make the topics, if we're, if we're obvious about the topics, then you, you can, if you need your 2IC in, in here to, uh, to be here uh, because of something pressing, we could do that. Or if you make a recommendation that for instance, we do one always at ice freeze up, right? Or is it ice break? Right. So you can you can say okay, and I know you gave out you've given out the invitation several times over the last few years, and I think I'm the only one that showed up. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, this this way, uh, but. This way, you can make a recommendation at one PNG and say, "Okay, we're going to have the agency meeting on such and such a day at breakup." I would uh, strongly urge, since you're since you're all part of the emergency management committee, to do that. And now they know what their role is in, that, in terms of, of being there. Because I think people looked at it and went, "Oh, thanks for the invite, um, but yeah, I got too much to do." Or they didn't understand the, uh, the importance of, of, of being there and, and knowing what's going on. Because uh, I guess the, I understand it because I don't want a, another flood on my watch. <laughs> I saw the geyser down at Fast Gas and I wasn't. Uh, and it, uh, That's an engineering issue. Yeah. Okay, uh, so um, so what what do you want for a motion here? Uh, well, so the, the, the request is in two parts, and we've got kind of the first part sorted out, but then it's the roles recommended for the emergency management agency. The agency doesn't really pertain to us. Well, that's part of the question, and I'm reading it straight out of the request. So why don't we just do today make a motion to appoint council as the emergency. So what do you want here? Just make us the emergency advisory committee? Or and, uh, we'll determine the roles for the emergency management agency later on? Or well, One of the problems with the emergency advisory committee, if you, if you appoint the entire council to um, the emergency uh, 
advisory committee, if you do have to declare a, a soul, a state of uh, local emergency, um, then you have to, and I guess that'd be under the bylaw, how many members have to actually, from the actual committee, be present or sign off on the soul. Right. Um, so why is that a problem? Well, it, it's just, if you're, if you say it has to be a majority of council, does it have to be all of them? Does it have to be just two or three? Our largest yeah. typical emergency advisory committee through There was four of us before. There was four. There was two councils and two staff members. But having said that, it's it's uh, what we did before is slightly different what they're they're requesting now too, right? So it's uh it's so you just all you do is you you have the bylaws say only two members of the emergency advisory committee need to sign off. I'm not understanding why this is a problem. I don't think there is a good time for this. Yeah. I guess I don't see it in the bylaw, the current one. Yeah. And but it, it's one of the things that has to be in the new bylaw. Yeah. So that we have to pass. Okay. And, and it's actually... 207 to, to do a soul is going to be a lot easier than 203. Especially on the long weekend. You're off at work up in town and whatever it is you do. Collins in the water. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know where that can be. I'm stacking sandbags in front of TA Norris and I gotta, I gotta leave. Like, whatever. Yeah, we're all out at the power. Sure, sure. <laughs> So what you want to do is uh, bring, look to bring back a bylaw that's the requirement. Okay. And uh, do you want a motion? Yes, I think so. All in favor. And do you want to go ahead and make another motion to report the council as the emergency advisory committee? I'll make that motion also. And then define it so there's a minimum of two people. Uh, is that the first part? Okay, just as simply as you yeah. said. Okay, all in favor. Did you want to record your vote? You're looking at me, not me. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Run through that one. Um, Alberta Care Conference. Yeah. Uh, Councilor Good, may I uh, word your motion such that it be directed to bring back a, an emergency management bylaw uh, with a sole quorum of two persons? Alberta Care. So um, the Peace Regional um, Waste Management Company is holding a series of care coordinated action and recycling enterprise has invited the uh, mayor to address the conference by bringing greetings to the town and uh, as a workshop by the Peace Region. Council also has the uh, opportunity to have one or more councilors attend the conference on behalf. So we're just basically uh, we have a conference there, and uh, the recommendation is, is basically that the mayor or designate be able to attend and bring greetings on behalf of town. 
as well as participate in the international presentation of the program. Um, Mr. Parker, a question. The, the letter that came from the uh, Waste Management uh, Authority here, did it also include a request for the town to uh, provide one item for a silent auction? Yeah, you're, we just do that as an administrative So that's all done? Okay. Yeah, we just do that as an administrative Okay. So I would move that the mayor or designate be enabled to attend and bring greetings on behalf of the town as well as participate in the economic development presentation on the region at the Alberta Care Conference in September. <coughs> Asphalt paving is the next Evening, Your Worship and Council. Uh, before you tonight is a uh, request for decision on National Paving Program for 2019. So, uh, a couple months ago, uh, we asked for an increase in the budget by about $90,000. That was going to be covered under existing funding uh, for the sewer replacement on 98th Street down by BCMI. And this has kind of uh, resulted in uh, that section now needs to be paved, so which is kind of exceeded our uh, existing paving budget that we had allocated for this year. So uh, there before you can see uh, that uh, the amount that uh, we allocated uh, under water, wastewater, uh, public work roads and operations was on 111,000 for paving and $12,000 for concrete work this year. So that was what was allocated in the budget this year. Uh, so for the paving program itself, we went out to tender on that. And uh, in the next paragraph down, you'll see that the tenders uh, came uh, back in uh, $178,000, $189,000, and $209,000 uh, for the paving work. And then uh, for a separate price for additional work on uh, paving uh, and concrete, uh, $77,118,126 in additional work. The additional work basically uh, constituted two basic things. Uh, one was uh, one existing cul-de-sac that's in need of resurfacing. We thought, uh, you know, if we could capture some good pricing this year on that, we would go ahead with that. Uh, that is not the case, so that will be deferred to another year until we have uh, our re instituted our uh, resurfacing program. The other part was uh, to install a concrete swale, which is kind of a, a concrete ditch uh, down by the Boston Pizza, which is a problematic area that keeps getting torn up year after year. So, our solution to that is we're just going to concrete in that section, which should uh, last a, a lot longer than uh, the paving down in that area. So with the, t the tenders, uh, as uh, the allocated budget difference between the low tender and the, the existing paving budget was 41000 and the difference between the existing concrete budget and what was tendered was about 14000 So a total of $55,000. 
which is what we're uh, seeing as a shortfall right now. So right now we're recommend, recommending that uh, the additional paving work for the servicing of that cul-de-sac uh, be deferred until 2020 and then be considered as part of that budget year. Uh, but keep in that concrete swale that we mentioned now by the Boston Consent, keep that in. We feel it's very good value for, for the money and we'll save us in, in a lot of uh, repairs uh, for paving in that particular area. <coughs> so, uh, as noted, uh, below the annual crack ceiling budget is recommended to help offset the required paving work. Administration recommends increasing the 2019 annual operating budget as shown below. So, uh, we're looking at uh, for the wastewater uh, collection budget going from five thousand to thirty-five thousand, and which is which is uh, appropriate because that tends to be uh, a fairly large chunk for that piece that we noted on Ninety-Eighth Street by being some ECMI. So that accounts for uh, the uh, increase in that. Uh, budget and then asphalt for water line breaks. Uh, we've had an increased number of water breaks this year. Uh, so that very and we're looking at an increase of fifteen thousand dollars there. Uh, our asphaltic hot mix and crack ceiling budgets we're recommending those be kept the same. And then concrete we're looking at increasing from twelve thousand to thirty-six thousand dollars. So there we're looking at the existing budget, as we mentioned, is 123000 and we're <coughs> asking council to approve it uh, to increase to 192000 uh, to cover off uh, the additional work. So uh, when we're talking about uh, where uh, we're going to fund this fund. Uh, when discussing the impact, we try to focus on the overall, overall financial position of uh, the water and wastewater fund, uh, since that will be uh, taking uh, the bulk of the hit uh, for this increase. Within the last variance report, the water and sewer fund was projecting an unfavorable position of approximately $90,000. Now, this one mentioned was just a sewer line repair on 98th Street. And any additional approvals will be place a, a further burden on the fund's position. So barring any additional emergency or unexpected work, uh, we expect that overall uh, position of water and sewer fund to be generally improved uh, within future variance reports. Although, uh, and we'll try to mitigate that as much as we can to minimize the overall uh, uh, burden on that budget uh, towards the end of the year. So uh, the options before you is to approve uh, the increase in the operational budget for 2019 in the amount of $69,000, uh, not including GST, and award the contract to the overall load bearer, Ruel Brothers Contracting, including additional concrete work in, uh, in the amount of $187,878. So that would be the total contract amount, not the increased concrete work. So that's the overall contract amount would be that $187,878.79. Uh, 
Uh, option two is uh, to approve an increase in the operational budget for 2019 in the amount of $60,000, not including just the award of the contract, not including additional concrete work, and to award uh, uh, to Ruel Brothers contracting the amount of $178,637.39. And option three is to not award the project and Engineering would have to go back, or administration would have to go back and reconsider what we're doing this year. So, uh, administration's recommendation is for the first option, option one, uh, to increase the amount to 60, increase the budget amount of 69000 and award to the L brothers. So, any questions? So, uh, explain to me again. How, where is the where is the extra sixty nine thousand going to come from? So, Director Town, would I like to reflect on this a little more since they have a balance budget? Yep. Um, <coughs> so, what would happen is we don't specifically identify where the money comes from. We just acknowledge that this will be an overspend in this area. Staff will work to mitigate it against the rest of the budget and in this case it's mostly the water and sewer fund um, doesn't impact the general fund because these are charges attributable to water and sewer failures um, and then like i said we, we try to mitigate it with there's some upcoming variance report items that will improve the fund the elimination of the carbon tax we know that there's going to be some savings there um, but there's no discrete one-to-one -one item that would be used to offset so, you know, and again, from a municipal uh, funding perspective, there's always a chance that your fund goes into a deficit position for any one year. Uh, due to the way that we budget, we budget pretty close. We don't have a whole bunch of areas where we could bring money in, unaccounted for monies. Um, so, you know, deficit is not a bad word if we budget and account for items properly. And in this case, when there's unexpected items that we have to deal with, and then you know again the recommendation still stands that it makes sense to um, go over budget what we anticipated here um, and we'll try to to reduce the overall position uh, the deficit position of the fund as we commence through the year um, there's normally savings that do come along whether they're salary savings that we do see um, utility savings of other types of stuff so we kind of expect um, that this will trend towards um, a smaller position. I don't know if it'll be zero when it's all said and done, but the fund balance should, should improve over the balance of the year, I expect. Yeah. Another concrete example where we kind of saved money on the water wastewater cycle is uh, spring runoff was not nearly as heavy as we normally expect, which you know, saw us probably save 20 to $30,000 in chemical usage. Yeah, uh, I think just spring. take that up in the spring freshet, so. Yeah. so I don't think that's there. Um, but uh, perhaps you could remind me, how long have you been in government? <laughs> this will be good year with 13? Around with. Yeah, deficit isn't a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, just, you just blow with whatever the political wind is. Right? No, <laughs> we shouldn't, if we budget aggressively and smartly, and we don't have a whole bunch of cushion in our budget, which we don't, then we should be 
prepared to incur deficits on an irregular basis. If it's a regular item and it trends that way and they get bigger, that's a problem. But to do it in one year or for one fund that anyone funds should not be construed as an issue. So who's convinced by that argument? What's the motivation? Well, sometimes I have a question. Or you can still make a motion and then focus, focus no. the debate. Okay, my motion is that um, the uh, let's see the operational budget for 2019 and the amount be increased in the amount of 69,000, not including GST, and award the contract to the overall low bidder, Ruel Brothers Contracting, including additional concrete work in the amount of 187,878 dollars Okay, so my question is, are the contingencies built into these numbers? No, those are uh, firm numbers on those ones. So the so contract we, we gave them the exact amount of where what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. So if we run into any other contingencies, no, there's no contingency built into that. Okay, and second part of the question is this work uh, really going to be done this year? Like by the first snowfall? This should be August work. That's what we're gearing up for right now. And second part of the second question. Um, so this is paving um, by the BMIN, in that BCMI. part, yeah. the courthouse, the part down by the theater, that intersection part. Yes, that this should account for uh, the majority of the large pothole areas and settlements that we've recorded to date. And um, the river road. And river road. Oh, and and all our water breaks that we've done to yeah. date. Okay, thank you. Your Worship, uh, and just, Jim, uh, could just talk briefly about the concrete work. And you mentioned uh, Boston Pizza. Are you, are you referring to the portion that we fight with Alberta Transportation? Over on the roundabout as to whether it's theirs or ours, is that? That's correct. And basically, I've gone around a number of times with Alberta Transportation, and they're maintaining their, their responsibility on terms of aprons going. And when I mean aprons, the opening up on from the traffic circle right. to the adjacent so, so you're So we're talking a 15 feet or the 20 feet from those. Alberta transportation boundary into our street, if you yeah, So there's one, two, there's four, so four. Yeah, there's yeah five total. Five, three, five stretches. And so Alberta transportation maintains that they, they are responsible for any of the aprons that come from the highway onto the traffic circle and, and exit exit from the traffic circle back onto 744, which is Main Street. Okay, so they okay, so they get some of them and we get some of them. Then. That's good. They pick a good one, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that uh, over the last couple of years, that's been a problematic one year after year. The mic didn't pick up that eye roll, did it? <laughs> Jim, the um, work at BCMI ha has been an expensive fix. Every time we talk about it, it seems like there's a new number attached to it. Um, is this something we can use as a, you know, an example of the, the reason we're doing our neighborhood renewal project, that kind of situation? Because I don't know, is it is it turned out to be an expensive fix? Because I think we've talked about numbers three times now on it. 
Well, two two times for this particular project. One was the ninety thousand dollars that they came back to you earlier in the year on, and this is the second one. Okay. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. It is uh, uh, very much an example of where we are overall with our infrastructure, especially infrastructure, underground infrastructure downtown. It is very much aging and it will continue to fail. Uh, we do our best to kind of be, uh, maintain the system with what we have and the dollars that we have allocated to it. Uh, but uh, kind of hide from the fact that you know, it's failing infrastructure and it's going to be more and more expensive to maintain. And that is one of the reasons that you know, we are doing a neighborhood infrastructure renewal. And part of the asset management plan when that comes in later this year, I will just further illustrate that. Okay. <laughs> Weird. We didn't vote on it. Yeah. Well, okay, because you had so many questions. We got all about the motion. Okay, all in favor? Passed. But they were quality questions. We're working. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ask for uh, land land ownership transfer. I think the, uh, the issue with this particular one was you, you guys, the town administration was supposed to go back and see. So this land was donated to the town by uh, Ms. Judy, Ms. Trudy Blazier. Marie Blazier. Um, was there a caveat that we cannot transfer this land uh, to another county? I don't know if that was looked into or not. I gotta be honest, um, I don't know a whole bunch about this specific. Uh, do we want to defer it until CAO Parker comes back? I guess we're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, you had a comment. I that um, a few years back, um, as Maria was talking to me, and it was supposed to be the transfer fee of $1. She never got the dollar. <laughs> So we can get it back for you. She brought it up to me that she never got the dollar. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is if we're going to do this, I think um, I would hope you would thank you for the generosity that would be in place. But I think it would be really nice to attach a very nice shiny dollar that is long overdue. Well, you probably need to add that compound interest to no. <laughs> um, it. Okay, Tooney. But a really shiny. I mean, I'm being somewhat yeah, facetious. No, yeah. if, if she didn't get the dollar, I think that. What about that gigantic check we have here? Can you do that one? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was very nice to get that. It was very nice to do what we've done. And, yeah, I think it was probably an oversight that the dollar didn't get transferred. Well, all the more reason, all the more reason to find out if there was a caveat that was associated with that, because I don't think she'll be impressed that a we never gave her her. Her, uh, uh, it sounds like it's so far back that they didn't have the means at that time. She was standing up there with him with a bunch of politicians at the time, yeah. so it's not something that really, I don't think she was really dragged down. Okay, you're not that young. You're not that young. As a matter of fact, I'm questioning all of her. I'm already here. Great pleasure. 
Well, sure. So, so we need to uh, we need to find out what the KPI is. Like. Uh, if I think we need to chat with Marie. Yeah. Also, directly. If she's for me. I'm not sure she will remember though. If I oh, this one goes back to that. Yeah. Give it a shot. Okay. It could be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so are we? So I'm sure Mr. It doesn't sound like Mr. Parker actually does anything. Speak of the devil. Land ship ownership. Land land ownership. Uh, could you look into if there was a caveat associated with this uh, transfer? To Northern Sunrise, can we do it? Uh, yeah, actually, um, there was um, there was just that letter that I think that Susan replied. Um, did she have it in here? Yeah. Um, I, I asked her if there was anything stopping us from doing it, and she said no, there wasn't. She pulled up the documents from the original transfer. Uh, it was for a dollar. It was to look as a lookout. That was basically it. Pardon me? Okay, so we oh, okay. so we're sure then that we can go ahead and make the transfer. You know what? I can double check, make sure that everything is done. We'll do everything later, Paul. So do we want to move the admin directly to? Yeah, make a motion to have admin contact Ms. Pleasure. Okay, I move that admin be directed to contact Ms. Marie Pleasure. With respect to the status of the possible land transfer Sagatawa Lookout Center and uh, the payment of the one dollar. Can we can we amend can we amend that to say if if the transfer is is, is permissible to, to to can we tag that on the end or do we have to bring this back? Um, and proceed with the transfer. Guys, I'm sorry. Uh, why why don't we? We are we meeting next week? No, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks? Uh, I'm just, it does not make any sense. Yeah. No, uh, uh, January 2020, so they wouldn't be doing any work there yeah. now unless we approve it. The, the transfer date request was January 1, 2020. I'm still paying a grass cutter up there regardless, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, fair enough. I, it's I, I, I'm a little concerned that Ms. Pleasure will actually go, yeah, that was not meant for the family. So we when we're talking about Marie Pleasure, are we talking about the younger lady or are we talking about the mother? Mother. The mother? Yeah. You, you have a 
very, very good friends with the Plagers, and she doesn't remember us. Yeah. So uh, seeing that we're having this round-robin discussion, uh, your worship, so on the motion that's before us, uh, and I realize we're not voting on it, but is it, should it also be stated that the land remains a recreation area maintained by Northern Sunrise County? for the locals and visitors that do we need to be explicit that they're going to maintain it or just a simple transfer suggests that they're going to maintain it so i think the motion is to consult with Ms. Um, Ms. marie plager and family regarding the regarding if regarding if there are any caveats with respect to transferring the sagatala lookout land to the county of, Nor of northern uh, sunshine county and then well i, I think yeah i don't have that your worship is that if you get to the family you know you make the point that they're in a better position logistically and financially to maintain that site so we see this as a positive move this isn't this isn't a negative. This is a this is a good thing uh, because you can ensure the annual maintenance, and they're up there doing work anyway. So it just makes perfect sense. So I guess you're sort of pitching and selling the idea, is what I'm saying. And it's at the end of one of their county roads now. All in favor of uh rcmp depot graduation thank you very much chair of the worship council um we had received um a particular couple of dates three dates i'd sent them off last week um i only heard back from one counselor uh concerning it so we have a total of three people that are, they're looking at the mayor and two other counselors uh would be well, interested in uh, uh going to uh the, the rcmp graduation depot and actually doing an inspection of the troops and giving a little speech um and the three dates were october 29th october 1st or sorry september 29th october 1st october 6th to the 8th or october 20th to the 22nd um we are looking at uh if, if uh council is uh agreeable um sending up three members of council uh to the graduation ceremony in one of the dates there well i've never inspected the troops so i will um now, which dates have we booked to uh, consult with our neighbors on ICF? We haven't booked Northern Sunrise yet at all. That's correct. I'm just pulling up the dates that I have for the MDFPs right now, or August 6th, August 7th. Um, I have a listing if you want to get back to me. I'll have that information for you in a minute. Well, I'm assuming that September 29th to October 1st would cover, um, would that be, would be around Labor Day anyhow? Uh, uh, September 30th and October 1st are booked off for ICF. ICF. 
So, um, where are we on October 6th and 8th? Does anyone know? Well, the governance are is on the 7th. Just the GMP on the 7th. Yeah. And what about the 20th and 22nd? It's starting to get colder then. <laughs> There's nothing no, for our ICFs then no. yet. The 20th of September. Of October. No, but well, that's all we can see. It's all fine. Okay. So, what should we take? The 6th and the 8th or the 20th and 26th? The 6th is the September. Oh, this is October. Well, who's interested in going? Mary is? Mr. Ford is? There's probably a writer's game. Um, so, <laughs> you guys have to figure out your schedule. It's you that might be going. Mr. Bingham apparently I could, might be going. I couldn't stand another massacre in person. <laughs> well, no more reason for us to go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Are we chartering Northern Air? No, actually, they're supposed to be bringing up uh, the uh, RCMP plane and directly taking down. Yeah, they're supposed to be taking the transportation. Yeah. Okay, so. And, uh, and it'll be based on that. Now, one one we'll be charging them landing fees. Oh, okay. Double. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, it's only building you six feet. Do we have a policy about um, three or more members of council? Uh, we did that already. Uh, the ethics commissioner is going to be looking into that, and we're going to agree to what we're going to decide. Okay. Oh, unauthorized flights. I, think, I don't know. I feel like this is politically kind of stale by now. It's the same policy that Dustin is running for a helicopter, right? Okay. So, uh, someone can make a motion. Your Worship, I'll move that uh, the mayor and Councillor Ford attend the. Um, sorry, what am I doing? The RCMP Depot graduation on October 6th through 8th. Nobody else wants to Okay. Do you want to go? No. Okay. All in favor? I'm in the middle of work. That's why you have personal things. Things I want to go to. Um are we did you add anything on to that particular uh, section of the agenda? We still haven't covered the separate meetings. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's we're now at uh, summer scheduling meetings, and uh, why don't you talk about that? Thank you very much, Your Worship. Uh, over the last little couple of months, we had uh, some members of council thinking that uh, um, maybe we should uh, try and concentrate a little bit more on uh, uh, the opportunity to work on our strategic plan and other plans. 
Um, so they were thinking of either having extra dates uh, of council meetings or um, that's kind of the second suggestion is that is just since some of our meetings have been a little lighter, maybe just going uh, from like five to seven um, on our regular scheduled meetings and then from seven to nine, looking at uh, doing strategic um, uh, planning issues. Um, I did bring this issue before uh, our, uh, our staff and said, uh, what about bringing extra meetings in the evenings? And they uh, felt that uh, already, yeah, no big time. <laughs> so uh, what they have asked is they, they have asked if um, we could, um, uh, if we were to schedule anything, it would be during the day um, or uh, the uh, seven to nine uh, meetings. So either or is fine with them. Um, and uh, so I, I just leave it up to council to see what they would like to do and, and hopefully what they'd like to accomplish over uh, those meetings. It'd be approximately uh, uh, three meetings if we were to do the ones that we have right now. Uh, if not, then we'd have to look at some dates. Uh, the problems that we do have is we do have, uh, I do have the schedules there when uh, a lot of people are gone. Um, as you can take a look, uh, you know, uh, Director Bell was gone for two weeks in the uh, end of July, first week of. Uh, Oh yeah, she she's gone right now. <laughs> oh, we saw that. Oops. Yeah. So, uh, to August 9th, uh, Director Town is uh, last two weeks of July. Um, or sorry, last yeah two weeks ago. Um, and of course, Director Town has a couple of extra meetings that uh, he's also dealing with, and um, Director Bell, and that's the ICF meetings over the summer and going into the fall. So there's a lot of prep work for those. Um, I will be going from the 5th to the 23rd of uh, August for my annual Let Me Get Sick in the summertime in Nova Scotia. So I'll be heading off there. And uh, Director McQuaig is gone in September. Uh, he's going to Japan to watch rugby. He's he going in here. here. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'll just leave it up to council and uh, maybe have a discussion on this and uh, give some direction of what they'd like to do. Any chance of a daytime meeting before the 15th of July? I know that's getting close, but we might get lucky. I'll say daytime meetings are problematic, right? Same thing. I don't know if I'm not in July. I work. Yeah, anytime between 10 a.m. and 3 is good to me. Whatever is good. Depends on the day for me. I think that might be easier. I guess your issue is you might be here for the math or something. No, I'm going to miss like one. I was just looking at the director's holiday schedule and they all start kind of rotating out on holidays starting on the 15th. So that's why I was just, yeah, you know, we might get, I was just thinking maybe we could. That might show up in their free package. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, don't talk that way. <laughs> so the, the important part about doing the strategic planning is. Uh, um, well, you guys need to think about uh, the next four years. 
because uh, when I look back over uh, over my, uh, I guess it would be, well, it's getting towards 11 years, I look at the, uh, the pamphlet that I put out the very first time I went to council. So there were a number of items I put on there. I put on second ice surface, I put on medical center, I put on second bridge, but it took a long time to make those things happen. So, and um, you need to start thinking about what you're going to accomplish. I think you'll have a good record to run on, but you need to think about what you're going to, uh, what you're going to, Now's the time to figure out what you're going to do in the, uh, the upcoming four, four to six years. Um, and, and one of them is that yeah, you want to uh, you want to build infrastructure because that, that means jobs and, um, you want to, and that usually means that catalyzes development and that's, that's what's going to grow the town. So, this is where you start building the vision, I think, or like trying to do it the day after you get elected is uh, difficult. So, uh, so, so this is why I would suggest that, like to me, it's no skin off my back. I, I've accomplished everything except building into a power plant. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm just thinking about you guys, and of course Chris, so that we can have uh, lots of economic development uh, in, in the next four years. So that when he retires, he can sell his house at a nice price. Yeah. Your Worship, I'd like to propose that we. Um, extend our current council meetings from seven to nine to have discussions with strategic plans for the next three, three meetings. Maybe we'll start waiting for council meetings so. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so a after the regular. Yeah, after the regular. So what I would suggest is suggest that uh, maybe the motion is this council should go no longer than seven o'clock. Uh, and then at that point, then a strategic plan workshop should occur until nine o'clock. That's probably the way the motion should. Um, well, just say a, and a strategic workshop. Yeah. Correct. Because I know you guys have lots of energy and probably drink on your legs. So. so on June 3rd, we ended a GMP by 7.15. On May 27th, we ended a regular council meeting by 7.30. So that, that's not bad. Yeah. But on June 24th, we ended a regular council meeting at 10. And summer's usually yeah. later. Was, was that because we had the special community conferences? Uh, no, that's 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 coming up. Okay, I'm going to make sure we finish today by 7. So I'm calling, calling in Call on this one. All in favor of Ms. Downey's motion? It's passed. If I made some clarification, Councillor, that motion was restricted to just the next three meetings? At this point. Okay. That would be our summary. Yeah. That's the schedule of regular council. Okay, that takes us into uh, 
Reports, correct? Yes. Uh, corporate services. What have you done for us in the last month, Mr. Parker? So, uh, not, not what FCSS has done for me. Not what corporate services has done for I mean, for uh, financing or engineering. What have you done for us? See, that's a tough one. See, if I've kept the whole ship afloat, sir. I've kept it afloat. So we're going down that, that whole river and uh, yeah, we're doing well. You don't question the wind why it blows, it just blows, right? Just in the ships move and everything happens. Your Worship, I, I did see that in all three reports that it was lacking um, some real, you know, attention paid to the time that was spent at the uh, wildfire center. I felt that there was just not enough. Um, rah, 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 Sister Block, that's just personal. That was in last month. It was, yeah, I it was there, but it was still, it was, here's our report. Yeah. I'm too tired to really do it. So it was there, but it, it, I, so I feel like it wasn't appropriately addressed because the work was really well done and it would be, it would be appropriate for it to be captured in our minutes. We can actually bring a full report of just that, 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 uh, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> we want that. <laughs> I, I guess what I would like to know is how many town staff participated at the evacuation center or at things that affected the evacuation process, and how many um, volunteers off the street with the right background came about, and then maybe think about, I don't know, something. <laughs> and we also had members of council that were there that were assisting. And um, you know, members from the outside, other communities. Um, so it, it was, it was quite a, you know, airport people over there, and you know, some public works people. So every department that you know did something. And not only that, some of the departments that, that couldn't send a lot of people, and it, they actually helped the actual uh, center from moving forward because they actually put, picked up the slack in the regular operations. So it was, it was quite. Um, and if you have, for the people who didn't have a chance to actually go down and just see the, the camaraderie and, and the teamwork that was happening, it was absolutely phenomenal. You know, and uh, you, know, you, you are right. Um, I just felt it was a, it would be more appropriately captured in our minutes. Um, not that it hasn't been mentioned, but that there was a lot of really great work that was done. Okay, any other questions on the corporate services? Community services. That was that was really the question for community services. Well, wasn't there was a first meal, so I wasn't certain. Okay. Anything uh, further on community services? Um. Well, continue on the vocation about evacuation. But I noticed that the museum has received its recertification again. So I think that's a major. Bonus, big thing for us and them, and to be recognized. And um, yeah, and we should, um, you know, they they've been doing a tremendous job in the museum from the June fifteenth celebration, um, the Treaty Eight uh, celebration or commemoration, 
as well as Canada is now, uh, along with community uh, services. So, but uh, yeah, the, the museum staff are a uh, they're uh, a very big plus to this community. I think they've done an outstanding job. So. Um, one question about uh, the pool. I noticed that some work has been done on a pool bridge system, but um, do we have any idea, is the hot tub going to last another five years or two or 20? Like it's constantly fi being fixed, sort of. Yes, it is, and it always will be. Unfortunately, it's the nature of hot tubs. Um, it's down right now because the controller was failed. So um, we're waiting for positive uh, sample tests to come back for our water tests before we reopen to make sure that the new control system, which feeds our chlorine and um, uh, acid that goes into it, um, once we get samples back that the health inspector is happy with, we'll be back open again. It was our controller that failed, which we were planning to replace in 2020. We're replacing it in September. Yeah, we have a rental. What's that? Oh, that hot tub is, and it, in the summer it's closed a lot more often because we do have to do a backwash on it more regularly because of the nature of summer, the human body. Yes. Your yes. Um, I, I'm surprised nobody around the council chambers hasn't uh, quickly mentioned the centennial celebration that we. That was held. I mentioned about the June fifteenth, but it it was really spectacular. And the library, or pardon me, the museum definitely had a great booth there. But the committee did a bang up job on that, and so kudos to that group, Tanya. Yeah, they did a really good job. Yeah. Oh, and the library too. The library also had yeah, the library had a booth decorated and crafts. So there was lots of really great things going on. Um, I see at the Vasco Hall is. Uh, Coming up in utilization. Ever so slightly. It, it's the new paint job. Well, and there's more to come. It's, it's not done yet. It's more than slightly. So, uh, you, you basically doubled utilization. Yeah, we're up to 20%, yeah. I think, is where we're at from 11. So, woo. Okay, uh, engineering. Any questions on that one? Um, I noticed that two pieces of equipment are being fixed or coming in or something. Are, this isn't the new equipment that we've ordered, is it? No, that's not. Our existing spray patcher was down in Edmonton for repairs, uh, and that one is actually coming back up next week. The other two pieces of equipment that we were looking at for the milling attachment and for the paver. Uh, the milling attachment was getting uh, our final quotations wrapped up, and uh, now that uh, we're starting to get back in the walker, wildfire support, uh, we'll be able to look at uh, getting the tender for that paper. Our primary one that we're looking at right now was uh, also just our, a lot of our efforts were in the wastewater treatment plant where we have our new sludge press being delivered tomorrow morning. So that is uh, going to be very welcome, and then we'll be starting the installation for that uh, sometime uh, in August. Uh, we're just waiting for a couple other pieces 
update to come before we start installation on that. And then the other big one that we're looking at was uh, the tender for Reservoir 365, which uh, I'm looking at uh, being able to tender that in the next week or two. So would you anticipate being able to use the paving equipment and the milling equipment this season? Uh, the paver and the, the milling attachments probably not because all our paving money is going into the, the water breaks that we've uh, just kind of approved tonight. So the majority of our materials are going into those repairs. Just curious, Jim, on the uh, the 98th Street crosswalk, that was a, a budget uh, enhancement. Uh, is that going to be done by September 1st, school start-up? Uh, there again, we're just getting, uh, waiting for final quotations on that equipment. Uh, my engineering technologist is actually working on that project. Uh, so we're just waiting for the final quotations and we can get that equipment ordered. So. If we can get that order in the next two to three weeks, I would say that we'd be able to put that in place uh, in September. And then the, the Dixonville uh, project. So it's County Northern Lights. So what do we have to do on that other than let them hook up? Do we? Are we doing anything? Uh, yeah. So once the reservoir. So we added a reservoir addition to 475. That is complete. And we're actually filling it up with water as we speak. And we're getting uh, ready to start hydrostatic testing to line it towards Dixonville from, from that reservoir. Uh, once all that's complete, we will take ownership of that reservoir addition. And, and we will be responsible for the operations of that part. So we've been quite involved in, in that, and also, so we're also involved with the commissioning process of that piece of the project. And, and you've got resources to do that? You're using yeah. staff? Okay. Yeah, basically the consultant that we've hired, uh, they're responsible for coordinating all that commissioning work and getting that all aboard. Uh, except we take ownership after it's been commissioned and we're going from project side to operation. That's when uh, our staff will become involved and like they'll be involved in the commissioning process so that way when we get into operations we're really very familiar with how it works and, and also seeing full visibility on that onto our SCADA system and being able to use that for billing as well. Um, the accessibility Report, audit report. Yes, that is one that uh, Director Bell and myself need to get back to at some point. Uh, uh, hey, it's on the strategic plan. I'm sure the date has come and gone. So Director Bell just struck on a, a marvel idea that uh, now that we're uh, Moving Ms. Modi into full-time employment come January, that uh, that will be part of her upcoming projects. Right, but we haven't seen her report yet. You'll see it when she starts. <laughs> uh, well, I was kind of hoping to see it by the end of the summer. So. We have a preliminary. Um, with respect to the um, waste diversion report and stuff like that, um, for clarity. Um, 
Does this mean like the, the garbage that's picked up at the curb that it was up by 6.88% or it's 6.88% of the all garbage or kind of how do we read this chart? So that one would say that that is a percentage of all uh, waste. So of that waste, that is the amount that we collected in recycling. So that uh, is a percentage of the total amount. So 747.13, is it metric tons? Metric tons. Is 6.8% of all the waste that went to the landfill? Yes. That's how I read that one. Okay. And the same thing for the other one in red, the 5%. That would be correct. That's the March yeah. part of it. Yes, sir. These, these are charts like a record. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay, I want you to accept the, uh, the, the uh, administration reports, Mr. Scanlon. All in favor. There's three items on the information. The letter received from the Peace River Pride Society, which uh, is a uh, thank you for the support that we gave them on their uh, on their on their uh, weekend and their particularly their uh, parade. Uh, there is also a letter dated uh, July the 2nd, 2019 from Rick MacGyver, uh, Minister of Transportation. Uh, is there something you want to underscore there? Mr. Barker or maybe Mr. McQuaid wants to underscore something there. This is the MacGyver letter. Yes, so this is the... Uh, we're still waiting for the agreement now, the official agreement, uh, but this is the letter just saying, okay, we have gotten the provincial part of it. Um, we are also looking at uh, still getting the federal part. So um, basically that we might know in October if we hear that, but uh, we're still seeing if we can adjust the program a little bit and slow it down a little bit if we can. And that is, yeah. It doesn't look like it's going to happen right at this particular moment. Uh, item number three, uh, the deputy mayor asked if this one be put on. Um, <coughs> perhaps you can uh, comment on that one. Um, I don't really have any other information other than this invitation that came by email. However, uh, I kind of think it's the first time the town has been invited to their treaty days. So, I think as part of our uh, Indigenous um, outreach that uh, it would be good if we some could go and um, make our presence somewhat known. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to make it, so... Um, it's from July 11th through 14th, so... That's this week. Essentially, yeah. Close. Unfortunately, I'm uptown for the next few weeks. What about your friend Anna Armstrong? Can she take well, you that's not her job. <laughs> so, Mr. Mayor, I would make a motion that uh, uh, council councilors and mayor be enabled to attend um, any one day of the July 11th through 14th um, 
30th annual tree uh, days at um, Woodland for Cree First Nations. Okay. All over. And then the motion for items 10.1 uh, 10 and 10.2 uh, to receive those information. Mr. Needham, all in favor? Um, that takes us to uh, any notices of motion, Mr. Parker. There are no And I'm assuming there's no comments from the public, seeing no members of the public in the gallery. Um, what uh, needs to be emphasized here in terms of communication items? Is somebody going to Twitter this out to the cybersphere? <laughs> Is there anything we need to emphasize here? Money, three sixty-five. That's that actually is a, yeah. a really big piece of information. Staff can make a post to the website or Facebook if necessary. Yeah, well, that, that would be one item to put on there. Um, inspection of the RCMP graduation people. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can make. You can mention that we dropped the fees for what did we drop the fees for again? Subdivision appeal board filing fees for the STB. Yeah. Items. Yep. Did we drop them or did they just get moved somewhere else? No, they were reduced. The new fees are one fifty down from two twenty five. Yeah. So you know, red, there goes that red tape. Always looking at yeah. reducing red tape. Cutting it like a pot We've, we've done more than Jason Kenny has done in one month in one day. Hey. Uh, presentations. Uh, light, uh, light uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about the light fixtures. Um, Ashpal Kagan, because the BCMI guy accosted me on July the 1st and asked when his when we'd be paving in front of his inn. So, did, he, did he ask for a crosswalk for his carts to go across the street? Uh, no, but I imagine you're still putting that in, aren't you? Are you going to paint a crosswalk? Or are we going to eliminate that? Do we still have that name on the dirty side of the corner? Yes. I think so. so in terms of crosswalks, uh, there would be one just at the very corner of that street that we could go across. Yeah. Uh, that we like have one. I haven't seen very many instances where uh, that other crosswalk is actually being used. But does anyone? Can I pull the audience? Because I haven't either. What's that? Which one haven't you seen used? Yes, I've you, seen you people seen? walking across from one part to the other part. Never seen a laundry cart go across. Never. Oh, oh it's yeah. an experience. And, and it was the laundry cart one that was. Do they give out free T-shirts? What makes it such oh. a? That's why they have the thirty K sign there. So there was a history to the development of that crosswalk, so, apparently. So the Mr. BCMI came and specifically specifically requested a sidewalk. We put it on us, yeah, crosswalk. We put it in the form. Oh, can Even I ask though, how long that took? Because I asked for a crosswalk and I like go here. Okay, he, he took, <laughs> it took a, 
because he he actually pays more in taxes than me. So <laughs> think of all the time I've given. <laughs> no word on compensation. Just think of the time. Okay. All right. That's why you need to have a. And mindful of the children. Think of the children. Will no one think of the children? Well, we, we still haven't gotten rid of Mr. Good's uh, slow down to 30 sign. Or, or what? Yeah, it's 30. The first speaker. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, that slow down to 30 when you go around the corner, which was there so that people could jaywalk. Yeah. Which, huh? I, I think historically has happened, but I mean, if you're not so expecting to go around the corner, you're not going. Is there going to be a silly sign on the corner so somebody can jaywalk? Oh, logical. So you are not going to put in the extra crosswalk? Not at this time. Do I have to stay in this place? Are you didn't say that. No. No. One One coming coming from co-op towards River Road. Incredulity is not a valid argument. Well, you're not very popular across campuses, are you? Yeah, we should move this along. My Greek is called only Tom has 20 minutes to get through three items. Okay, so. We'll see it, not likely. Not likely. Yes. So, uh, do, do people want a, a, a small break? Okay, we will uh, continue on in camera. So, I want you to go in camera.